We, we're going to open our Bibles um, in John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. Now, coming to the, to the decision of preaching from this passage has been a journey for me this week. And it's been interesting how God has, has, has led me here. And I just wanted to share a few ideas and uh, uh, share my heart with you about things, truths that come out uh, from, this, from this passage. Um, we're going to read the words and then um, I'm going to share some, some of my thoughts and give some, some challenging and some applications. So, John chapter 1, verses 43. It's the context where John writes about Jesus being baptized and then the ministry of Jesus begins by beginning to call his disciples. So the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip there and said to him, follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. May God's name be blessed through the public reading of his word. Amen. So the story here, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Can you, can you imagine a celebrity coming, coming in the city? I mean, there was a concert yesterday in Bristol, and you could hear it, and, and you, you could hear also, when I came back from church last night, I saw taxis that were full of people, and I thought, I've never seen so many taxis, and people going to the concert. There's something big happening. And all of a sudden, the news has hit this town, Bethsaida, that Jesus of Nazareth has come and different people have seen him and have, have encountered. We, we, we don't know. John doesn't spend a lot of time explaining what has, been do, what, what, what has been happening. I mean, we know very well that Jesus was, was really um, expanding his ministry by, by transforming lives, by healing, by, by, by bringing salvation, by, by, by rescuing people. And, and, and somehow the disciples are being called 
Because Jesus has got a bigger plan than what we think he has. And somehow he is going to have this this group of people around him who are going to take onwards the work that he has begun. This coming of the kingdom that, that he has just started with, with, with that affirmation from Father God that this is my son in whom I am pleased. This kingdom that has begun now, this new life that Jesus is offering, is not going to be just Jesus himself. He's going to equip and he's going to, to, to call out people to carry on with this. And the beauty of this story is that 2,000 years onwards, this story is still continuing. So here we've got, the next day Jesus goes to Galilee. And there in Galilee, he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from a different city or different town, close by Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. We, we don't know the dynamics of this relationship, what they, must, what they might have said or what they might have done to, 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 to prepare. But all we know is that Jesus sees Philip and he says, follow me. And Philip follows Jesus and he follows on the footsteps of Andrew and, and um Peter, he says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this is my my favorite bit here. It's amazing how John wants us to know that actually it is Jesus who founds Philip. But in the excitement, Philip shares that he has found Jesus. It's a bit like you, you, you teach your child about how to do something. And they come back to you after a while, after they've forgotten that you've taught them that. And they tell you how to do it. And this is what's, what's happening here. You know, Jesus has found Philip. And Philip finds Nathaniel and says, we have found Jesus. Come on. And here we've got, I love this story. Because it's, it's a true representation of the way we humans function. So... We don't know the relationship between Philip and Nathaniel, but what we know is that Philip is excited about Jesus, and he tells the place where Jesus comes from, and the initial question of Nathaniel, I don't know whether we can call him the cynical here, is can anything good come out of Nazareth? And this leads me to dare to ask the question, can anything good come out of the church? 
Isn't this the question that we are being asked? Is this the question that we, we, we face all the time? Isn't this the issue that we, 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 we are challenged all the time? That as, as Christians, we're very, very reluctant to share about our faith. Because the stigma, the, 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 the pressure, the, 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 um, the criticism comes immediately back on us. But the problem is that I've asked the wrong question. The problem is that I've asked the wrong question. Because the question that Nathaniel is asking is not, can anything come out, can anything good come out of Jesus? He's asking the question, can anything come, good come out of a location? And this is the crucial thing in this story. Because the story is not about places and groups of people who are failing all the time. But it's about the man who is going to change the history of the whole world. Who is going to change Philip's and Nathaniel's life. Who is going to change that city of Bethsaida. So the question that we are we're asking is, is, can anything come from Nazareth pointing to Jesus? Because everything that comes with Nazareth is bad. Philip has got the guts to say, come and see. Come and see it for yourself. Come and see it for yourself, what this Jesus can do for you. And this, 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 is, my, my, this is my heart. This is my passion. This is my vision. Because in one sense, as Cairns Road, we are very, very popular. People like us. The people who come through the doors here, they've got, they speak very highly of us. You go outside and they speak how much they appreciate the cafe, how much they appreciate the preschool, how much they appreciate the youth work. There is good reputation. But to be honest, I don't care whether they think good or bad of Nazareth. What I care is how we pointing them to that place to say, come and see the power and the presence of Jesus at Cairns Road. The last three, four weeks, I've really been praying for growth. And I've written to the elders and um, I've proposed something. You'll hear about it in the coming weeks. And, and I really want for us to grow. And yes, I know that numbers on seats are important. And, and, I, and numerically, I'd love for us to grow. But also, I want for us to grow in that maturity that when we see that God is at work, when we say, Lord, I want to see you, when we say, when we pray, when we sing that, That is not just a random song that is sang by a bunch of weirdos. But it's something that we want to see. 
It's something that we want to experience. It's something that we actually mean it. Because unless we have experienced Jesus to that, to that level, we cannot tell others, come and see. We will be deferring things then to say, come and see what we are good at. Come and have a look on what we've got. Whereas Philip is being naive here. He probably doesn't realize. But he says, you're the cynical, you're the skeptical, you are the one who's got questions. I am not going to argue. I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to try to convince you. I think the church in the West needs to be released from the fear of being relative. I think if Aaron has talked about the shackles, I think this is one of the things that is holding the church in the West back. We're spending too much time, too many resources in trying to be relevant. Not that we should not hear and listen to the culture, but we should never let the culture define the mission of the church. So when we're saying to people, come and see, we are seeing that God is at work in our lives We're seeing that God is being glorified here. But also we're seeing things that are very unexpected in the eyes of anybody. So when I sent that email yesterday, come prepared and come expectant, I meant it. Because if it's only me who is expecting for God to show up here every Sunday, then you see. But if we all expect God to show up here, not only on Sundays, don't get me wrong for that, but it's great that in our gathering together we've got that experience. But if we see that Jesus is active and is active, then we've got the guts to say, come and see. Come and see. I have no words to tell you. Come and see. Come and meet with Jesus. sitting here and you have had that invitation and you've been reluctant maybe you've had that invitation to come and see Jesus in that particular area of your life and you want him to reveal it he has revealed it what are you going to do about that because what's happening here with Nathaniel is, is remarkable Nathaniel is coming to Jesus and Jesus immediately speaks the truth over his life. This, I love the, um, what is the NIV saying? The NIV saying, truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. It's amazing for Jesus to say that over somebody. If he has to deal with Pharisees and what have you, finding a Jew in this category is remarkable. But still he needs to see Jesus. He needs to meet with his power and his presence and his transforming abilities. Saving power. So here we've got Nathaniel. He encounters Jesus. Because Jesus speaks over his life. And can you see 
that this transformation in Nathaniel's heart is immediate. From can anything come out of Nazareth to the proclamation of who God is? Can you see the, the, the problem of, the, of my question? Remember how I started that the problem of the question is the location? Can you see now how his, his whole focus has shifted from a town into a person? And no other person other than the person of Jesus Christ. And what does he say? Blimey, you know my life? Rabbi, son of God, king of Israel. Do you see how his relationship changes with Jesus? To call somebody a rabbi is, is, is not just a title, uh, oh, good sermon, vicar, thank you very much. No, it's a title that, that is deserved, is earned, is, 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 is a merit of hard work and hard, hard life and commitment to, to the cause. And here we've got Nathaniel who, who probably has dismissed Jesus all this time. He says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. So what Nathaniel has told me and has experienced is true. And now I am seeing it for myself. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. And you are mine. Philip, Nathaniel, Cairns Road, follow me. We're thinking of growth, we're praying for growth. You're going to hear the word growth grow many, many times in the coming weeks. Because I long to see that. I long for it. I I dream for it. I I fight with my wife over it. I'm desperate to see that. Not that I don't want growth. No, 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 no. I better say that in the microphone. Not that Ruth doesn't want growth. But that needs to be that personal encounter with Jesus. And if we want to go grow in numbers, we need to take step up to the mark of saying, God, what is it that you want me to do? This is not an experiment that I've done, but for the last probably two months, I've wanted to start the day by praying that the Holy Spirit will lead me to the right people to talk about him or that day. And interestingly enough, the days that I have tuned my heart and I set my mind and my heart and I've depended on the Holy Spirit to do that, I've always had more than one or two occasions 
to be able to talk. The days that I have not done that, I've been lost with junk on that day. And I'm not saying that this is the way forward that we should do it. And I think, for me, I find it a very good practice. But if we're wanting for people to come and see, if we're wanting for, for, for people who come through our cafe, through Nazar, through different activities that we have during the, the, the week, to come and see Jesus, we need to be in tune ourselves. And not only that, but I think it takes a little bit of courage. And that courage should come from above to be able to be talking to people to say, come and see. Because I think we spend too much time in resourcing and thinking of how we're able to communicate this. And the simplicity is, come and see Jesus. I've spoken to you before, my, my, my heroes of faith are the missionaries who came to Albania in 1992. When they first came, they came to a country which is unknown. They came to a place that they've never been before. They simply felt that God had called them and they were obedient. They came to my city. They happened to be my neighbors. Of course, having foreigners in a communist neighborhood was novelty. But when we went to see them and meet with them, they didn't talk to us about their lifestyle about stuff that they had brought or missing, they talked to us about Jesus. That's why I'm here today. Come and see. Not only did they talk to us about Jesus, but they lived their ways, their way of living, in such a way that actually the talk matched. Come and see. And that's why it's important for us to experience God ourselves in first hand. Because otherwise people are going to ask the questions, can anything, come good? can anything good come out of an Albanian? Do you read the news? Can anything good come out of an Albanian? Or can anything good come out of Jesus? That's what I want to see. That's the question that I want to answer. And actually, I don't want to answer that question with words and with, with deeds and all those things, which actually, they're all good. I want for that answer to be experienced firsthand. So when people come to the building, they say, oh, I really feel very good for coming here. Oh, well done. So do I. I want the people to come here and say, oh, I remember. I met somebody this week, and we're talking about Cairns. And he said to me, I always think very highly of Cairns because in that place, my wife was able to lead somebody to Christ over a cup of coffee. Come and see. So church, you can back me or sack me. But this, this is a Floyd McClung uh, phrase. This is the journey we're going to go. If we want growth, if we want, if we want God to be at work, we're going to allow that space for us to experience God ourselves, not in a selfish way, but in a way 
that it gives us the courage to bring people and say, come and see. To invite people over our houses and say, come and see. To invite people over our lives and say, come and see. Because in the end of the day, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about Philip or Nathaniel. But it's about the good news that Jesus Christ brings for us all. So here we are, Father God. We say we want to see you. And today I want to say, Lord, that we mean it. So would you open our eyes? Would you open our hearts? Would you allow us to experience you in such a way that we can't stop talking about you and what you have done? In such a way that we were able, uh, we're not embarrassed to say, come and see. But we've got the courage to say, come and see what the Lord has done. And Lord, we cannot do that unless in our hearts we claim and proclaim that you are our rabbi, that you are the son of God, that you are our king, and our allegiance is with you alone. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.